You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, On the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Courtney and Kim Take New York. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Courtney and Kim news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for Courtney and Kim Take New York. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Courtney and Kim Take New York, the after show on After Buzz TV. I'm Jackie Moran, and uh, I'm coming to you by way of New York, and uh, we have some special guests on the line joining in for tonight's after show tons of drama to discuss as per usual Um, but i'm very excited because we have of course my partner in crime mari fagel of thelegallady.com welcome back mari hello i'm so excited to talk about tonight's episode and i'll probably be gushing about scott all night because he was by far my favorite in tonight's episode I know. So much to talk about. We're in New York. Uh, They're in New York. Courtney and Kim head to L.A., but wherever they are, there's drama, drama, drama. But uh, before we get to it, and I definitely can't wait to talk about Scott also, uh, let me introduce our special guest caller. We have Amber on the line, who is a huge uh, fan of the show, and she tweets with us. We live tweet all through Kim, Courtney and Kim Take New York, so find us all on Twitter. Uh, she goes by Miss Amor G. Uh, welcome to the show, Amor. Hi, Mari. Hi, Jackie. We're happy to have you call in, and we love when we get fans' opinions, so we are definitely have a lot to ask about tonight's episode from Kim and Chris to Kim and Jonathan to Courtney and Scott, which I do believe is always our favorite, right, Mari? Um, but Definitely. Cert- <laughs> certainly not lots to talk about, but Amor's joining us from Canada, so we have fans all over the place talking about Kardashians here, and uh, we are on iTunes tonight, everyone, and we'll be back live on Ustream shortly. Sorry for the technical difficulties, everyone, but you can always find us on iTunes. But let's get into it, because from Kim and Chris to the Kim and Jonathan storyline to even Courtney and Scott's storyline, the first thing I really have to ask both of you, your initial thoughts, is how much is this show, as much as I love certain parts of it, don't get me wrong, how much are you two, and all of you out there, I want to hear your thoughts if you want to call in as well, finding this show as far as the production involvement? Because I have to say, especially with the Kim and Jonathan storyline, and even everything else going on in the episode, I'm just starting to wonder how much of it reeks of producers, and I even have a little bit to say about that in tonight's news and gossip, but I do believe I saw some tweets in in that vein of thinking. Let's start with you, Mari. Do you feel overall a, a strong hand in production here? Because even, especially with the Kim and Jonathan storyline, I'm, that's what I'm really feeling, and I just I don't know what, what viewers think of it. I want to know what you think. I mean, I, of course I do. Of course the majority of this show is produced. I mean, the fact that it's so neatly packaged into storyline A and storyline B, every single episode, two perfect storylines, and you can hear a lot of times they'll have, like, voiceovers so that 
we understand where the like where things are going. Like you heard Kim say, like, "Oh my God!" Tonight, like when she found out about the party, that was probably recorded afterwards. And like last week's episode, when she wanted Chris to come into the bathroom as she was in the bathtub, and she was like, "We need to talk about kids or whatever." Like that, you could tell was taped at a different time or like recorded at a different time, so that viewers knew why he was walking in there. And it's like obviously it's produced, but I think. A lot of the storylines they take are storylines that, like, may already be there and they exaggerate them. Um, or, like, I mean, it is produced, but it's, like, it's a scripted reality. It's like The Hills. It's a scripted reality. So, obviously, they still have, you know, millions of viewers. So, it it must not bother viewers that much because they're still entertaining. But the thing is, that's why I like watching... Chloe and Scott so much because even though they're scripted, Chloe and Scott are always like just on their own funny, you know, like they say comments that are just on their own funny, like Chloe tonight being like, oh, please, honey, it takes two hours of makeup to make us look this good. Or Scott being like, I still want to be a race car driver. Like they'll always say funny comments that are right in the moment. Whereas Kim isn't good at that. She's just the actress going along with the storyline. And so that's why I like watching the characters in the family, even Bruce, that though they're in a scripted reality, they still say things in the moment that make you enjoy watching them, not just as actors. Yeah, I I totally get you on that. And um, the reason I brought it up is the Kim and Jonathan storyline. And so I want to just talk about that but first Amber I'm so glad we have you on the line and I love your tweets I feel like you always have a great opinion on the show what did you, what do you think about uh how far involved production is with with the show and does it bother you as a viewer it does and I and I did tweet about that I'm finding and I'm so glad that Mari's at the hills because I'm finding just like the hills like when I first started watching that or Laguna Beach there was an innocent just like like with the Kardashians at the beginning there was like a a, naive, a naivety that's not there anymore and it's just too polished too slick and I actually almost turned it off today like I was watching it for the first 20 minutes and I was like oh this is just stupid and and then I just kept watching it because I wanted to listen to the after show and I wanted to know what you guys were talking about. So really, you guys are more interesting in keeping me watching the show more than the show itself. And, you know, <laughs> well, when you, you mentioned that. Thing about, well, yeah, and when you mentioned the thing about the bathtub, I actually posted um, part of the ep- last week's episode because, you know, when Kim's in the bathtub, she's in full makeup with her eyelashes on and yeah. everything. And then we get the scene with Chris Jones, you know, jumping on Scott's bed. It's supposed to be five in the morning. She's also in full makeup. And, you know, it, it's just so fake, so scripted, and I'm just finding it difficult to watch. But the only two I like, just like you guys, are Chloe and Scott, because even if there is a little bit of scripting to them, they're still great at improvising and saying things that are off the cuff and even unpopular. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they don't really care. And I like that. I don't give a shit feeling from them because Kim is just really, she's too, I don't know, stuck up and like just uptight, very uptight. Yeah. And I, I, some of the time I do have to say, I feel that from Kim, though, I do have to side with her on tonight's Kim and Chris debate. And we're going to get to that. But the reason I brought up the production aspect, and I want to get this storyline out of the way, because I think there, as you said, Mari, I do agree that once they get into it and the real character in them comes out, like in Scott and Chloe, you do appreciate watching it and you do appreciate their realness. That's why you always have to love Scott. And even Chloe's one minute in the show and her one comment stood out that you almost want to, you know, tweet it and, and point it out because that's all it took for her to bring that one realness aspect to the show with the two hours of makeup comment hysterical and so that's how you appreciate the show is when even though you feel these storylines you feel the real personalities come out but where i didn't appreciate it and that's why i want to get this storyline out of the way because i have so much for scott and courtney fans and and kim and chris people you know people watching to see how this destruction takes place there's a lot to talk about there but the one produced storyline that bothered me so much was the kim jonathan thing because 
They started a Twitter war. You know, she attacked him before he could even get any words out. Every time they came face-to-face on tonight's episode, when she's banging on the door in her big blue fur, you know, and it was, I think they were filming in early September or August, so it made no sense. Um, you know, I the whole storyline, him, it, it just, if it didn't come off towards the end of him just trying to promote his book and her ending up writing the forward, I wouldn't have minded it. But by the end, I was like, oh, my God, this was all just so he could get his book out there and she even <laughs> ends up writing the forward. So for me, this was just way too produced. I really thought at first that they, they really had some natural drama, but then towards the end when they summed it up, it kind of all made sense to me. And as a viewer, that did bother me because I don't like when they push product on you. In the other circumstances, even if you know the stories are being set up and it's being produced, and then they have a chance to really play out their personalities, that's when I don't mind it. And I think that's, as viewers, what we understand happens and what we don't mind happens, and that's why there's tons of viewers. But when you produce the whole storyline just so you can get the book out, and she ends up writing the forward, that bothered me. So I wanted to get it out of the way. I want to know what you two think, and then I want to get to the good stuff of tonight's episode. But what did you think of that, Mari? No, actually, you bring up a good point because I thought it was produced, but I wasn't sure why. But it definitely was to promote his book in the end because now there's all this drama around it. Now people are going to be interested in the book beyond her writing a foreword, which is already going to get people interested in the book because of the Kardashian machine, the fact that an entire episode was devoted to it will only stir up more publicity for the book, which I sure, I'm sure is being timed to come out right around this time so that people go get the book. Um, the only thing that really, even though it was produced, it didn't bother me that much, this segment, the only thing that really bothered me, and this seems to me then it could have been produced, but like, this seems like came naturally, is the fact that she would write on Twitter, like, you don't know who you can trust, and then start a Twitter war with him. I have a feeling she would do that with anyone else if she was pissed off with them, like, genuinely pissed off and not, like, a scripted thing. And what bothers me about that is, like, so many people do this in the 21st century with social media. Like, they say things, like, they post it on Facebook, like, some quote that, like, so that people know how they're feeling or, like, if they're upset with someone, they'll post it on Facebook or Twitter. That's so inappropriate and immature, and it really bothers me so much because I've seen people do this, and it just, it's like, what happened to talking to someone face-to-face? If you're upset with someone, pick up the phone. Go talk to them face-to-face or, or over the phone. Like, don't on Twitter be like, oh, some people you can't trust and get into a Twitter war. I just think it's insanely immature, and so many celebrities do this, and I just, it really bothers me. Amber, what do you think of the whole thing? I absolutely agree with what Mari said, and I've actually tweeted about that before, too. But the whole thing, like, she was so passive-aggressive. And, you know, Kim, more than anybody should know that you can't believe everything that you can hear. And if Jonathan is supposed to be, she always says, her best friend, and they've known each other for years and years, and he knows the family, you know, why wouldn't she just ask him? Like, why was she playing games? Like, why wouldn't she just say, you know, I heard you know, through the great, she didn't even have to bring her mom into it or whatever, that you're writing a book. Can you tell me what it's about? Or do you want to talk about like something like it was just so silly the way that whole thing came about. And, you know, and and then, and at the end, we're supposed to believe that Chris went behind her back and emailed the forward to Jonathan. And then he comes over and she's like, Oh, I'm so happy Chris did it because I wouldn't have had the guts. And, you know, they make up and, Yet she can't make up with Chloe, who's her sister. But, you know, this is all neatly packaged and, you know, and feel good. And thank God for Tiny Tim, too. Like, it just, it was silly. It didn't like that storyline at all. Yeah, and I'm totally, I'm so glad you guys agree with me. Because I think it just takes away from what we are trying to watch the show for, which were the other two storylines tonight. And even if we know those are sort of produced, we still like to see what happens. But with this, it just... You're totally right, Ammer, where there was no need for the storyline because she didn't even give him a chance to explain at that first dinner. She played games. And in reality, that's not 
what you would do. And obviously for the show, the Twitter war, totally agree with you too, Mari. Not the way to handle anything, and it doesn't set a good example. But again, now it's documented on Twitter. It's catching attention on Twitter. So now another social media outlet to plug this book. And so Chris also plugged her book through it all somehow. So I was not a fan (laughs) of this. I'm so glad we got this out of the way because I want to get to the good stuff. But here's what we have to do, ladies. We do have to give them credit. They're in PR for a reason, right? Because they certainly know how to work work all the threads. But, um, you know, I think we kind of see past it. And I hope if it's a great book, I hope it does well. I don't think it should need all of this kind of extra unnecessary tie-ins to taking away from what the show's about. You know, I, I always have an issue when they plug things like that because I don't think that's what this show should be for. But, you know, so it goes with success and more projects and more plugs. But let's move on to the more exciting moments for me in tonight's episode. And that was definitely, of course, Kim and Chris drama. This Ladies, marks the first week of Courtney and Kim Take New York, where I am siding with Kim, so to speak. I'm not necessarily siding with anybody on the whole of the whole uh, relationship, but as far as the fight in tonight's episode goes, totally siding with Kim here. And it's a first, I think. So let's mark this down in After Buzz TV history um, because I really did not see anything wrong in Chris up until now. And even still, I think it was immaturity. I think, you know, it's a strong male athlete with ego fighting with someone who has a strong ego as well as a successful empire in Kim Kardashian. But here's my issue with the Kim-Chris fight, which just to – I'm sure our viewers know. I'm sure you saw the episode. But, of course, Kim and Courtney head to L.A. for a day to promote their Sears line. And Scott and Chris are left alone to their own devices. And, of course, you know that that can mean trouble. But, you know, they're newlyweds. Scott has has his son. They're not 17-year-olds, and their parents are leaving the house. So – Kim leaves, and Chris, naturally, they disagree on her asking him not to have anybody in her private space. And Chris totally calls out Scott, who's telling him, you're doing the wrong thing here, man. He's saying, you're like Bruce and all the other Kardashian men. You're no balls Bruce Jenner. Better to die on your feet than live on your knees, bro. And lo and behold, he has liquor for 300 people. It gets out of control. It gets on the Internet. Uh, Scott walks into the Minnetonka, Lake Minnetonka party and tells him to get these people out of here, totally loving Scott through all this because he's so in a good place, so mature, um, tells him to get some grown-up friends. And then, so, so that's issue number one, is that Chris knew him and Kim did not reach an agreement on whether or not he should have people over, and he did it anyway. Now, it's okay for him to not understand why she doesn't want him to have people over, but to go ahead and do it anyway, mistake number one. Mistake number two is that when they get back, he doesn't confess to anything or tell her anything or tell her over the phone. He's not upfront about it. He gets caught, and then he comes clean. That's not being honest. You got caught. You saw She saw that you had a party. Scott tried to take the blame for him, and then he came clean. But that's not being upfront about it. So don't confuse that, Chris, which I think he thought he was being upfront, but he wasn't. And then Kim told him, you know, you didn't respect my private space. I'm actually surprised that Kim wasn't more upset about it. So what do you ladies think? I'm, I think he was wrong, number one, for disrespecting her wishes, and two, for hiding it from her. What did you think, Mari? I'm just shocked Kim wasn't more upset, like you said. It's like she freaks she freaks out over earrings, over broken nails, yet her married husband has a bunch of hot young girls over to their apartment while she's out of town and she barely gets upset. Like, that to me was so inappropriate. And I know people tweeted at me saying, oh, that looks like that was produced too, you know, these hot girls coming over. And I'm sure it was poorly produced, but still, that's like really, really inappropriate behavior for a married man when your wife's out of town. There's, I have no problem with 
having a bunch of guy friends come over. There's no problem with that. Or having some couples come over while your wife is there and having a couples party. But to have a bunch of hot young girls come over to your place while your wife's out of town, that's like a single guy's behavior. That's not a married guy's behavior. And um, I just think, how, how does Kim get so upset about, like, the tiniest bullshit and not get upset about some things that are, like, insanely massive red flags in her marriage? Yeah, totally agree. I'm, that's what makes me question how much she really cares about him through all of this because if she did, she should get more mad or she's just really way too easy, like, as far as being walked all over, and I think Courtney says that about her. But I kind of get the sense that it's because they don't have a deep enough relationship, so it's almost like she doesn't even care. But the thing is, I really have to side with Kim on this because she is not some, you know, girl with a store anymore. She is a huge mega superstar, whether you agree with her being a superstar or not, as we'll hear in News and Gossip and her interview with Barbara Walters. But no matter what, she is. So she has a lot at stake, and especially in her private space. And to have somebody of that level have people in your private space, it's bigger stakes when you are a super celebrity. But she has, you never know what people are going to go into her room and steal or, or, you know, go searching for, you know. So when you're a big celebrity like that, private space is even more sacred. So it's even worse. And I'm just so concerned that she didn't get more upset about it. That's my only fault with Kim. But what did you make of it, Hammer? I, I couldn't figure out how all those people got in there because they're in the presidential suite or whatever at, in, with security. And how did all these girls who look like, you know, MTV video vixens or extras, like how did they get in there? I just thought that she didn't get upset because it was produced. And... I don't even really know what to say about Kim and Chris. Like, they just don't really have a connection. He's just big and goofy and immature, and she gets upset about things, and it's silly things, but then you're right, she didn't get upset about this one, and then they always kind of, you know, at the end, she was all happy with him again because he emailed and fixed things with Jonathan, and I... He even said, like, when they were talking, he said, well, next time I'll make sure that there's only a few people, and... She said, well, there's not going to be next time. And he was like, no, next time I'll make sure that it's more controlled and there's less people. And I think he's so concerned with being the man. Like, I think Mari said that, like, it's about ego and being an athlete and a guy and testosterone that he doesn't, like, he keeps comparing, like, you know, saying that Bruce is whipped and Scott is whipped. And it's like he's so afraid of being whipped by the Kardashians or being just like a Kardashian husband that he overcompensates. And, you know, that's obviously causing trouble in their marriage. But, yeah, Kim, I was, I thought she was going to be really mad, but she, it lasted like two seconds. Right, I noticed and that's that she was wearing a fur jacket, he was wearing a tank top. Like, why was she in fur and he was in a tank top? <laughs> What's funny, a lot of people tweeted about her fur, which fur is a hot, definitely a hot trend, but for some reason it caught a lot of people off guard. I think because it was big and blue. And um, so it was, it was a big statement, but I give her credit if she has the confidence to rock it. Um, but a little st style side note there. But, you know, it, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is when two big egos or, or strong personalities come head to head, issue one, okay, you have to address how you deal with each other. That's something in time that you can work out. But at the end of the day, it almost starts to become not that he wants to stand his ground as much as just being totally disrespectful and not caring about what it does to the other person. And that's when it goes too far. And on the same, on the other side, is Kim not caring? I mean, if you really care about somebody and, you know, you have those emotions and that true deep connection, you would just think that she would, it would hit her harder. So it's definitely rubbed me the wrong way on her side for that and on his side, just because, 
you chuck some of it up to immaturity. I love Scott during all this because I think he came off so great, and I, I, he just, he's smart enough. See, he's worked it out with Courtney. Eventually, if Chris and Kim had the right connection, they could get there. But I don't even see that. I don't even see the initial foundation for them to work through things like this. You almost just see them both being like, whatever. And so it definitely is worrisome and would lead you to understand as these episodes go on why things went the way they did. But at the end of the day, can I just say how much I love Scott again and him and his Lake Minnetonka (laughs) comments because he just makes me laugh. And, Mari, I know you'll back me up on that. I absolutely love Scott, and I love tonight's storyline. So, Amber, I'm going to have to ask you about – you tweeted that you didn't like that they were using religion as a storyline and you thought it was going too far. And I agree it was kind of a produced storyline, but I don't really care where the motivation for it comes from because it was a nice storyline. And at the end of the day, yes, he may not be the most Jewish person, but I'm I'm Jewish too, and, like, I've lost a lot of the – traditions and practices I used to do as a child, but when when I have kids one day, I'll definitely pick it up again. So I think that that was a storyline that I could relate to and a lot of people could probably relate to. And I just thought it was a really nice storyline, him going to the rabbi. And he's, I mean, they have so many viewers from all over the world that, like, if he's teaching anyone something about being more accepting of Judaism, then that's a good thing. And so, yes, it could have been somewhat produced, but I thought it was nice, and I thought the Shabbat dinner at the end was nice, and that's not even so much about religion, but it's getting together with friends, and, you know, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a nice storyline, yeah, and I, I love okay. that. Okay, Sorry, it wrapped up nicely at the end, and then I did kind of take it back when I tweeted. I said, oh, it did work out nicely in the end, and the dinner was nice. But what I kind of got thrown off was when he said that he wanted to have a bar mitzvah to make lots of money. And so I felt like, you know, they're already getting paid to have Mason on the show, and I don't feel good about that because I'm a mom with a two-year-old, and I can't imagine having my daughter on the show. And... You know, and then you see that they're having, you know, Kendall's 16th birthday and, you know, and Chris is in the works trying to get Kylie and, and Kendall a show. And I just feel like there's no boundaries with them anymore, with the Kardashians. So when he made comments like that, I was kind of like, oh, great, here we go, another thing. But you're right, at the end, it was really nice and it was sweet. And I guess I should have given Scott more credit. It came together nicely. And, you know, conveniently, Jonathan had made up with them, and so he was there, too, and that was nice, too. But I I was just kind of thrown off because I thought he was using it to make money. Well, I'm glad you ladies are talking about this because I was most interested to hear your opinion on that, Mari, because here's my thing with the storyline. I am not Jewish, so it doesn't really affect me as far as him sort of dipping his hand into the whole Judaism thing. Here's what I thought about the storyline, and I really, I know, Mar, you come from that background, so I wanted to see if, if you would find it offensive or you would like it, because my thing with it was I love Scott. So he, him tonight, it made me laugh. But for somebody who does t- possibly, you know, t- take it a little more seriously or, you know, really practice or whatever, not that I'm saying I don't know your situation, Mari, but for people out there of the religion, I was curious to see what they'd make of it because he did kind of make a little mockery of it, I think, in the beginning when he was, I think he cursed in front of the rabbi in, in, when they were eating masa balls together, and then he was kind of making a joke out of attending um, the service, and um, his that yarmulke was falling off, and then... You know, he didn't seem to be taking it seriously, and I actually agreed with Courtney throughout the episode where it did seem like he didn't take it seriously and he was just toying around with it and not actually respecting it. And then I actually thought it was funny how she was like, is this like your cane? Are you going to do this for five minutes and then uh, call it a day? But so I was wondering... <laughs> I remember the cane. If, right, if he didn't take it seriously, how could she, you know? So I was curious to, to get your thoughts on that. But then towards the end, it did that ni- it did turn nice. I agree. It turned nice. They had a, She helped him out. They had a nice dinner. Whether he took it super seriously or not, it just showed a nice event of people coming together. But throughout, I just don't feel like he took it seriously even though it is his background, would somebody find that offensive who is of that religion? I was curious to know that. I definitely wasn't offended by it, and I thought it was a nice storyline. And like I said, there are so many people who are totally unaware of 
of Judaism. And like, just because they have so many viewers worldwide that I don't know, like it, if at the end of the day, it makes a, a few more people understand the religion more, or a little more accepting of it, then go Kardashians. And I don't know. I also think when you have a child, it makes it very, very different. Like my, my brother, we, like when I was a kid, we used to do so much more with Hanukkah and the high holidays and everything. And we still do Passover and Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, I went to a Jewish elementary school. I had Hebrew every day for an hour and Bible every day for an hour. Unfortunately, I've forgotten a lot of that, but it's an important thing to instill in your children, just any religion, whatever religion that you have, it's important to instill that in your children. And so the fact that he's doing that now that Mason is young, I think is really nice. And, uh, you know, I hope to do the same. And I wasn't offended by it at all. And I thought, you know, it was funny, him meeting with the rabbi, and he tried. And I just, I think Scott is hilarious. He can do no wrong in my eyes. Mari, do you think because there is, unfortunately, so much anti-Semitism in the world, and again in Hollywood, like we've heard it and seen it, like with Mel Gibson and stuff, that it was kind of nice that even though he did in a kind of lighthearted way, which at the beginning I was offended by, that they almost made it cool and put their stamp of approval on being Jewish, and, you know, if the Kardashians are accepting of it, and now they're going to start practicing it, that, you know, it's a little bit more acceptable, and maybe, you know, it'll, like you said, like teach people about Judaism and, and that it is an important religion and, you know, and even the Kardashians are involved in it. I, I don't know how you felt I mean, that. I don't think that's why they did it, but even if even just a few viewers of their worldwide fans learn more about the religion because of the Kardashians and start to think it's cool, and then a coup for the Kardashians. I don't think that's why they did it, but that could be a nice side benefit. Just like I said, the Kardashians are a machine. I'm sure this one episode will skyrocket Jonathan's book to the bestseller list. And maybe this one episode will also, you know, help a couple more people in the world learn more about Judaism and learn more than they than they do know. And I think yeah, that I, is very, sorry, like I think it's no, very that's much okay. like how, like, you know, and, and I can kind of relate because my parents are from India and I don't practice, like, you know, Sikhism or anything and I don't really know anything about it and it's a little bit embarrassing. But yet I wish that I did know more and that I could pass it on to my daughter now. And my partner's Chinese and they're Buddhist and he never really got involved in it either. But now that we have a child, we think about it. So I can relate to where he's coming from. And I think it was, now that I think about it and I've had some time, it was realistic, like how he didn't really know what he was doing and he didn't really get it, but he wanted to try. And maybe there was a bit of embarrassment there and that came across as not taking it seriously. I definitely, I'm so glad you said that, Amr, because that's exactly what I was just going to say about the whole thing is I think what was relatable about it was the fact that so many people, regardless of what religion you practice, have gotten away from kind of really knowing their religion and practicing, you know, com- you know, commonly in the way maybe people used to in generations past. So I think he's representing, regardless of whether you're Jewish, Christian, Catholic, he's just representing a, a typical person who who might not necessarily even know their practice, even though they claim to be one thing or the other. So. I think it did set a nice example of however lighthearted he took it or or not. Um, It just did set a nice example like, oh, if you're like me, you know, there's people out there like that, no need to be kind of ashamed or, you know, especially I do agree when people have kids, they kind of, that's where it comes back up again. Um, But I do think at the end of the day, I was just curious to know if somebody of that religion would be offended or or not, and it seems not, and I think it is because it was very relatable, and a lot of people can relate to it, regardless of the religion. So I, I think, as you said, Mari, they can do no wrong in my eyes. And before we get off this topic, I just have to quote uh, my favorite moment of the whole thing was Scott telling her, well, you're uh, upset with my religion. I'm upset with you, with your outfit. You look like a bumblebee. <laughs> I know, I love back. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you have I your back and you look like a bumblebee. 
Right. You have no back and you look like a bumblebee. I had to, I, I quoted it on Twitter. Of course, I don't have it in front of me, but th- I, that got a lot of response from uh, KLH Turner. Kristen Turner tweeted back. That was awesome. Um, definitely people were loving that line. I think Courtney tweeted something about it. So uh, you got to love Scott's one-liners, right? I think him and Chloe need to go head-to-head in a one-liner contest. How would you like that one? I, I would absolutely love them. Those are my two favorite characters on the whole show because they're quick, they're witty, they're funny, and I would love nothing more than to see them go head-to-head in a one-liner duel. <laughs> exactly. But uh, as we said, the, the storyline ended up on a nice note, um, and I think no matter what the depth of it was, I just think it was, I like seeing those moments where they just have a nice family dinner and and the cute moments between him and Courtney and him and Mason. And uh, so I think it really did end on a nice note. And uh, before we get into uh, tons of news and gossip this week, um, so thankful to our fan Ammer for calling in and and chatting with us. Any last thoughts before uh, we head into some news and gossip? About the episode? Yeah. No. I'm curious to talk about news and gossip now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ben, or you want to stay on the line with us and we'll get into some news and gossip everywhere? After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? AfterBuzz TV News. All right, everyone. Well, let's get into some news. All right, Jackie, are you on the line? Tons to end the year for Kardashians here. Uh, First off, speaking of the end of the year, every year Barbara Walters has her list of 10 most fascinating people of 2011. And no surprise the Kardashians made the list. But here's the funny part. It wasn't without some criticism from the host. End. And uh, during the special, there was a lot of uh, a lot of attention brought to this. The 82-year-old journalist bluntly told Kim Kardashian and her family that they have no talent. Uh, when asking the famous family how they're able to maintain the fame and riches, uh, the co-host of The View pointed out, you don't really act, you don't sing, you don't dance, you don't have any, forgive me, any talent. Quick to respond with Kim's younger sister, Khloe Kardashian, who stated, but we're still entertaining people. And then Kim took over in defense, saying, I think it's more of a challenge for you to go on a reality show and get people to fall in love with you for being you. So there's definitely a lot more pressure, I think, to be famous for being ourselves. So what do you ladies make of this? Uh, Barbara Walters calling the Kardashians out for not necessarily having a talent. Mari? I'm glad she called them out. Like, duh, that's the obvious elephant in the room. They have no talent. They're solely known for themselves and nothing else. But I also liked calling Kim's response. I thought that was very clever. They said, you know, it's almost more difficult to be entertaining just because of us and because of no talent. So I kind of liked that response. But I love that, that Barbara Walters kind of gave it to them there. Absolutely. And Emma, are you still on the line? Yeah, I'm here. I agree. Oh, great. Um, you know, you know, she, Kim failed at her her singing. Like, I don't know if you guys heard the song, but it was absolutely horrible. And she got kicked out of Dancing with the Stars. And Rob made it further than you know she did. And they have no talent. And 
But yet, people do love them and love to follow everything about them. And there was tons of backlash about the special. But Barbara, like, you know, she defended it and said that no matter what, whether you love them, hate them, or, you know, despise them, they are definitely talked about. And, you know, and they are fascinating, and that's what her special is all about. But also that they were chosen, you know, long before the divorce was, you know, declared. So it was too late to change the choice anyways. Right. I think, you know, I have to agree with you, Mari, that the response from Kim really was a good one. And uh, a couple of friends of mine also said the same thing because she does make a good point. They're famous for a reason. People are interested in them. And to not have any specific kind of calling card besides being you, you know, on her side of the coin, you have to give her a little credit there. She is right. You know, they did something right to be so successful. So, uh, and they did build quite a quite a successful business off of being themselves. So, no matter what, at the end of the day, you do have to give Kim credit for that. And it was a good answer. But it didn't stop there, everyone, because she also totally dug into Kim about her 2007 sex tape with singer Ray J. Um, She had to stumble with an answer, and she said, I've made mistakes in my life for sure. And it was her mother, Kris Jenner, that chimed in, saying it was devastating for the whole family, and you cry yourself to sleep a few nights, then you hire a really good attorney and try to make something, you know, better happen. And she also uh, talked about this when Barbara talked about this when she visited The Late Show with David Letterman. She went on to say, you cannot trust the Kardashians. They were the first ones we interviewed. We did them in September. We said anything to happen. They said, no, no, no. You can do it now because nothing's going to happen. Then Kim gets married. Then Kourtney Kardashian gets pregnant. Then Chloe's moving to Dallas. So to your credit, Amher, they did take this early. And uh, she she also gave them quite a blow on the uh, sex tape thing. So Barbara was definitely tough on them. As she should have been. It's Barbara Walters. And I also, I love Kris Jenner. I love Kris Jenner with the Jonathan uh, storyline tonight. And I love Kris Jenner on Barbara Walters. She is one tough lady and you do not want to cross her. And I loved her response there. You hire a good lawyer and you turn that story around. Uh, She's a smart cookie and I really respect her. Um, So she does exploit her family. I will say that. She's a smart businesswoman. Um, as as far as, like, not letting Barbara Walters know that all this stuff would happen in journalism and as a journalist, that sucks for her that now her interview is so outdated that she never even got a chance to ask about, like, the Chris Humphreys divorce and, and everything like that, but whatever. Yeah, that's definitely a tough one. Amber, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, you know... It, it kind of ruined a little bit of credibility, but that's the age that we live in today. Things happen so quickly, and with social media, we find out instantly. Like, you know, people tweet at 4, 5, 6 in the morning, and there's no such thing as, you know, predicting what's going to happen tomorrow or keeping things private and waiting for an interview to come out and reveal it. That's just the day and age, and Barbara's 82, and she's seen it all, and she's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I think Barbara's great. I I absolutely love her, the way she attacks an interview, the way she, her comments afterwards, uh, she calls it like she sees it. And Mari, I definitely would think you might cover something for uh, thelegallady.com on this. Um, Great website, everyone. You be sure to check it out. She always has great opinions on everything going on with celebrity law. So, um, uh, and I'll have to update everyone. People have continued to take my poll on uh, did Kim and Chris marry for rating. You guys can continue to take that throughout the season. It's interesting to see how votes change as the weeks go by and episodes air. You can go to the legal lady, T-H-E-L-E-G-A-L-A-D-Y.com. Right now, 53% of voters say both Kim and Chris staged the marriage for the show, and 23% say... Kim did, but Chris had no idea, and 23% say no, their love was for real, and sometimes things don't work out. So uh, we'll have to see where that stands as the show progresses. Absolutely. We are waiting every week to hear those results as they change with each episode. And uh, from one poll to another, guess who's named most ill-mannered person of 2011 (laughs) by the creme de la creme of Southern Bells. (laughs) The National League of Junior Cotillions have dubbed 
Kim Kardashian, that's right, the most ill-mannered person of 2011, for making a private matter public and disrespecting the institution of marriage. <laughs> so I guess there's those are a few fans who are not too happy with her right now, uh, along with her former husband's family who told RadarOnline.com that they expressed we expressed concern to him about his relationship with Kim. Uh, we were quite surprised that it was as serious as it was with them, but he had just taken away, he was just taken away by her, and you can't tell someone in love to open their eyes a little wider. He just saw what he wanted to see. So, you know, that's what straight from a family member um, what they said, and they said it was really hard on Chris that Kim and her family weren't very accepting to his side of the family or very welcoming to them. Chris himself has called the ex's reality shows fake and everything about her and her show is fabricated. So a lot of people from the National League of Junior Cotillions to Chris Humphrey's family, you wouldn't be surprised by that, are uh, definitely not happy with, with Kim Kardashian right now. What do you make of that? I thought that was hilarious that she was voted most ill-mannered because Kate Middleton was voted the best-mannered I saw. And... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was really funny, but uh, she did kind of, like, his disgracing marriage. She was married for 72 days, and I, I'm not surprised that she was voted most ill-mannered. I'm not surprised. What do you think, Amber? Well, it's just, uh, you know, I've been reading about Chris saying that she's fake. Her butt is fake. He said that she uses banks and uh, those beef fillers and all sorts of stuff. And it takes six hours a day for her to do her makeup. And, you know, that the show was scripted. And that was part of the reason that they actually fought off camera was because he wasn't willing to go along with all the scripting. But didn't he know this before he married her? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, he's all in an uproar now. And... But yet he must have known some of this. Like, he must have seen her put on her makeup before, put on her butt plants or whatever. And I think he's very bitter. I don't completely blame him, but he's not blameless either. And I'm beginning to wonder, like, watching the show with the way his ego is and the way he acts, you know, what he was trying to get out of by marrying Kim. And, you know, it makes me sad to kind of say that, but he wasn't really a Reggie Bush or, you know, he's not a Lamar Odom. He wasn't, you know, an A-list basketball player. He was Chris Humphreys that came to fame because he married Kim Kardashian. And I'm beginning to get a little bit skeptical. Skeptical. Uh, skept, I'm so tired. It's midnight here. Of what he's all about. And, you know, there's more and more stories coming out all the time. And I kind of feel like Kim's getting all the backlash. Right. Yeah. A lot of people aren't happy with her, but certainly there's a lot of people who aren't happy with him as well. And I, I'm slowly, my opinions are slowly changing Every week, it seems, um, and this certainly was the first week where I really did not see a good side of him. But we're going to have to stay tuned to, especially your poll, Mari, on TheLegalLady.com, because I really want to hear what viewers think as the season progresses. But someone who's backing off from Chris Humphreys is, we saw him tonight, of course, Jonathan Chabon. Um, he's not suing Chris Humphreys, saying the idea has caused me a lot of problems already. We had reported that he was contemplating suing Chris for $5 million after Chris calls him gay on TV, which we'll talk about in predictions. But Jonathan has had a change of heart, perhaps brought on by his run-in with the Chris fan last weekend, which we also reported, some flower in the face. Um, but he says he has no hard feelings towards Chris at this point. So someone backing off of Chris. I, as we saw with Jonathan, <laughs> it's uh, kind of uh, quick. He's quick to uh, forgive people, it seems. So... Um, no surprise there. Right, ladies? Do you agree? Uh, I think a lot of that was to, like, stir up more ratings and drama, though I am really excited to actually see, like, the fight that spurred on all this lawsuit talk. Absolutely. Uh, definitely that's coming next week. We're going to get to that in predictions. Uh, what did you think of this story, Amor? He's not, he was threatening to sue him. Now he's backing down. Kind of seems like another PR has done, right? Yes. And he, he does what he does. He's a PR master. And so, you know, whatever to get his name into the papers and into radar line and TMZ is what he's doing. Like, it's all about stirring up drama. And now they've, he's had pictures of himself with some hot woman to prove that he's not gay and, it's, yeah, it's just PR, I think. 
And he has a book coming out. <laughs> right. Well, we we mentioned he's it's coming up in predictions, so let's get right into those predictions as I heard that creepy predictions music pop up. Uh, we're finally going to see the moment where Chris asks him if he's gay. It seems like he asks him if he's gay. He doesn't even really, like, throw out a slur or something, but then he does say he wants to punch him in the face. So I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. And I do think it was a lot of it was stirred up for publicity, but I, I'm curious to see who I'm going to side with here. What did you ladies think and what are your predictions? Well, Jonathan has just started um, a unisex jewelry line that he's selling at the Dash stores. And, you know, and he's saying that, you know, men and women can, I, I like, I want to know, is he gay? And I, I, I've always thought he was when I used to watch him on his show, like the spin, whatever it was called. I used to think he was gay, but then he would be going out with girls. So I thought it was like, there were his beards, it was fake. And I'm not exactly sure what next week's episode is all about. I think that, you know, they do a lot of careful editing in the commercials to get us to watch, but you know, who starts a unisex jewelry line? And, you know, and it's more promotion, more PR for him. Like, he not only has a book, I forgot, he has a jewelry line. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I am <laughs> the same way. I wasn't really sure. Uh, I, I feel like it almost would be a natural mistake. What do you think, Mari? What are your predictions on this? I'm just curious to see how it'll, how it'll pan out. Chris sticks his foot in his mouth a lot. He doesn't think before he speaks, so I think that might have been part of it. But I always thought that Jonathan was gay until all of this started. I thought that he was, like, out and proud, so I was kind of shocked that he wasn't. Um, but if he's not and he's not out, then that's not something to do is to out someone publicly on television. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know... I feel like this whole thing, I, I'm really looking forward to how it plays out because I'm first, when I saw these early predictions, I had thought he's gay. And then I'm like, wait, he's not gay, obviously, because he's so the whole thing was confusing. I feel like Chris may be confused. And, you know, we say he's kind of a doof, um, you know, so we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be blaming Chris or not for this one. Um, but, but if you're not I'm, gay, why would you sue? It's like, you know, Tom Cruise taking out an ad, you know, in the New York Times saying he's not gay. Like, why would you draw so much attention to it if you're not? Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like it's all, it's all PR, it's all publicity. So, you know, we did, it did look like it was going to get heated. He did say he was going to punch him in the face and, and all that. So I think, you know, maybe it gets worse than we all expect. And I think so we're going to have to stay tuned and Stay tuned to the next episode, um, but I'm certainly excited to see it, and I'm so thankful that we had our special guest caller, Amr, join us, and I'm so glad you stayed with us throughout the show from Canada, so shout out to you, and happy holidays. And Mari, thank you so much, as always, for being my partner and breaking down the Kardashians. I wish everyone a happy holiday, and we will be back very soon with new episodes, new after shows, and you will find us on iTunes tonight and hopefully on Ustream thereafter. And uh, we apologize for any technical difficulties, but we will be back and better than ever with the next new episode. And I'll see you guys then. Thank you so much, everyone. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.